Hello, everybody, and welcome back to our podcast on the Council on the Future of Education. It's a pretty important title, isn't it? The Council on the Future of Education. Uh, we have another founder here with us during our founder interview series. This is Miss Andrea Trudeau. Did I pronounce that correctly? Yep, Andrea Trudeau. Thanks. Hey, look at that. Even a blind dog gets a bone every once in a while. So, anyways, we're gonna we're gonna be talking to uh, Andrea here about her affiliation with the CFE Council on the Future of Education, and uh, Andrea uh, tells me that she's gonna bring a little different slant onto things here. So, I'm anxious to see what she has to say. So, welcome, Andrea. Thank you so much for uh, giving us some of your time. Thanks for having me. So, tell me a little bit about yourself and uh, how you found yourself involved with the uh, CFE. Okay, awesome. So um, my name is Andrea Trudeau, as you said, and I'm an educator with about 20 years of experience. I've actually worked in the same middle school since graduating from college, and I haven't left the place because it's such an amazing school. It's um, award-winning, very innovative. We say that we have a culture of yes. So it's a place where I've been able to explore and expand and learn and really kind of challenge my thinking as a professional over the years. Um, I'm a national board certified teacher and early adolescence English language arts and recently renewed. So I'm constantly trying to reflect upon my practice and grow. Uh, most recently, the biggest shift for me was I left the classroom and moved into my school library. So this is my third year as the library information specialist in my middle school. And I call myself the no shush librarian because when I entered this role, um, I decided I immediately wanted to transform the philosophy in the space from a more traditional approach to a much more modern day active learning space. Um, so I still do what traditional librarians do in terms of like readers advisory and research support, but I also don't want to lose sight of, of myself as an educator. And so I'm an instructional partner with teachers. I'm a mentor for students and I'm a self-proclaimed tech geek. I'm always trying to find ways to bring more technology into the picture. Um, the coolest part of my job is that I call myself the magic maker. People come to me with their crazy ideas. They want to try something new. And so I work really hard to support them and meet them where they're at. I also seek out innovative and creative ideas and kind of think about who would be best to try them out with. Um, and so then I work with different um, teachers within the school and partner with them in order to kind of make it happen. So Regardless of how these ideas come about, I, I work really hard every day to meet teachers and students where they're at and kind of personalize my support for them and provide the supports and resources that they need to be successful. Um, in terms of how I found myself here, um, Rob, you reached out to me on Twitter and I had kind of, I've always been intrigued by your work and the work of the other council members um, and really impressed as well. But honestly, the reason I'm here is for my own kids. I think a big game changer for me was becoming a parent. You know, any educator does their thing and, and it's once they become a parent, I think you get um, a much greater sense of empathy for what the students go through. And I'm finding that one of my sons um, knows how to play the game of school. He knows how to work the current system of education and he does well according to, you know, what the indicators of success are currently. My other son, however, cannot stand school. Every day, it is really difficult to get him engaged. He does not care for school. Um, 
But what I find is at home when he's like hanging out and, you know, working with cardboard and duct tape and things, he is such a creative and innovative thinker. And, oh my gosh, Rob, I'm so sorry. Guess what just went on? <laughs> That's okay. My, uh, my, my Roomba just started. Okay. <laughs> so my son is this creative and innovative thinker and he tinkers at home and creates all these amazing things. And it's, it demonstrates to me that our system is failing a kid like my, my older son. And so I really think if we recreated our system, modernized our system, there's a lot of up, untapped potential out there. And I think we would really inspire and engage these students that are currently very uninspired and very disengaged. Absolutely. Um, and there was a lot of it, lot, you gave us a lot of information there. Uh, I particularly like the, the no shush librarian. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I, I do a lot of presenting on literacy and my first book was on reading and digital literacies. And um, so I always say librarians are my, are my favorite people because they really make, make the uh, school go around. So the no shush librarian, I thought that was, that was pretty cool. Um, when it, when it comes to, uh, I think you sort of answered my my second question in terms of the passion, and it sounds to me like your passion is to help those students that are are future ready in mind, but aren't um, in a future ready school or a school that's that's prepared for these kids that are um, already have the the thinking and mindset of a twenty first century student. Um, so, uh, with that in mind, what do you see as as a major goal? for the council on the future of education? What would be a goal that you would want to bring to uh, the council? So I kind of see it as three prongs. One, I think the biggest thing is kind of raising awareness. I think sometimes we just don't know what we don't know. And I'm finding that in just my interactions with educators and with um, parents and even within just local government officials, people don't necessarily understand what education could be. Many times they think because they went to school, they know school. And so I think it's uh, raising an awareness and kind of getting the ideas out there and broadcasting them loudly to all of the stakeholders and not just educators. And I think parents and legislators need to understand really the value of making the change that we're trying to make and kind of hear our stories. I think it's important that educators take back the narrative from the media and share out what we do each and every day and show why it's really important. Um, along with awareness is kind of providing resources. Um, as a librarian, I can't help but go that route. And so I think it's important. <laughs> yeah. I can't help myself. <laughs> we need things like videos and articles and research and just um, multiple modes of ways to share information with people um, geared towards our stakeholders. And, it, and they can just be bite-sized information to ensure that people are informed and armed with the appropriate information. And then once we've gone from moving, you know, from raising that awareness, I think it's important for us to connect. Sometimes teachers have these really great ideas, but they're scared to make the next move. And so um, oftentimes, you know, teaching can be kind of isolating. And so I think it's important for us to kind of open our doors, tear down the walls. And we're so fortunate in this day and age to have technology at our fingertips. And so connecting using social media, using, you know, the council's website, um, and just kind of learning from each other and supporting one another. So if someone's willing to try something new, you know, they have a partner and maybe that partner isn't in their school and they're in a completely different time zone across the world, but it's someone that's there to, to answer their questions and support them. And I think the connections would be incredibly powerful for making that change. And so then the final step to me is making the change, you know, we get the information we need. We have the people there to support us and cheerlead. 
and then we can go out and, and do it. And I think that's that's the part that's most important. And so change cannot hap- happen without this kind of action. Um, and I think by having these supports in place, we'll feel much more confident to make the changes necessary. Wonderful answer. The uh, I particularly enjoyed the the part uh, where you talked about uh, people making decisions for education because they've gone to school. You know, I, uh, I actually wrote wrote an article in Huffington about that, which was interesting because we're sort of the only occupation that everyone has had an experience with because everyone's gone to school. So, so everyone feels like they they've had the either the best or the worst experience when they went through school, and things should look the same as when they went to school, even though everyone's come from different schools and different backgrounds. And it definitely makes it it makes it difficult for uh, teachers that are constantly being uh, second guessed because every parent is, has gone to school and think they understand the system. Um, and uh, it, that definitely makes it a challenge. And I couldn't agree more. So here's here, here's the big ending here, uh, Andrea. And th- this is the one that I always find the most interesting. Give us a prediction or in futurism terms, we call it a scenario. Give us a scenario for what you would see in the future for education. What do you see as that future scenario for us? So I am, you know, thinking back to my early days in education when I was teaching kind of this regular English language arts class. And, you know, it was kind of this one-stop shop and everyone had to do something the same way and the same outcomes. And I think it's time for us to move forward in a much more personalized approach. So I see kids taking much more ownership in their learning. I see um, us as educators truly being like the guides on the side and providing a mentorship and providing resources, but kids really finding different paths for them to learn and ways for them to demonstrate their learning. Um, I can't help but think of my son. You know, I would love for kids to have this engaging and authentic way to learn and really understand like why they're learning. Because many times they come home and they're like, why do I have to do this? And how is this going to help me? Um, That would be answered for them. And, you know, I think using technology to break down the walls of the school and bring more real world experiences to our kids. Um, And I think ultimately it would bring about much deeper learning, deeper connections, hopefully a greater sense of empathy as well. But ultimately we're going to have kids that really enjoy school and see the purpose of school. Thank you so much, Andrea, and thank you for spending the time with us. Uh, Don't forget, if you're listening to this via podcast, to subscribe to our podcast, the Council on the Future of Education. Uh, Also, check out our website, which is edufuture.us. We also have a presence on Twitter and Facebook and everywhere else. Uh, The social media world sends us along. Uh, so, again, this is uh, Rob Furman with Andrew Trudeau, one of our uh, tour de force members of the Council on the Future of Education and one of our founders. Thank you, Andrew, so much for spending some time with us. Thanks so much, Rob. And don't forget to check out the Council on the Future of Education. The Council on the Future of Education. The fires of frustration and discord are burning in every city.